Turn with me please to Romans the fourth chapter. And then also Galatians. Romans 4. We begin Monday night on this passage. And in verse 1 here he says. What shall we say then? That Abraham our father. As pertaining to the flesh. Has found. Verse 11 here in this chapter. He says uh, that he is the father of all them that believe. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision only. But who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham. And verse 16, therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. In Galatians 3, Galatians 3, you'll see a similar thought. Galatians 3, 6 says, even as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Are you of faith? Then you are the children of Abraham. Verse 9, so then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. You have the faith of Abraham, you walk in the steps of Abraham, you are the seed of Abraham, and you are blessed with the blessing of Abraham. Do we believe that? It is the truth, Scripture truth. Verse 29, he said, And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. We have the faith of Abraham, we walk in the same progressive steps of faith that Abraham did, and we also are blessed with him and inherit with him. One thing I think it's, it behooves us to realize, when people think about Abraham, sometimes they think Old Testament, and they think, well, that's, you know, that's the law and all that's not for us. But no, Abraham is not law. He is before the law. And he believed God and it was imputed to him for righteousness exactly like we do today. He's a forerunner and an example of those justified by faith. He also tithed by revelation and by faith. And he walked with God. And he overcame with his faith. And his faith is held up as the premier example of how to please God and how to walk by faith. He pleased God such that God entered into covenant personally with him and called him friend. Now how about you? You have that same faith coursing through you. Is that right? We saw in uh, the book of um, in the book of Isaiah 51 verse 1 and 2 he said hearken to me ye that follow after righteousness you that seek the lord look unto the rock whence you are hewn and to the hole of the pit which you are digged 
Look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bare you, for I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. He said, look, look back to where you came from. Look to the rock that you were hewn out of and the hole or the pit. These are mining terms. Look to the vein of precious metal or precious stone that you came out of. You heard the phrase cut from the same cloth? Well, that's what he's talking about. You and I are cut, but not cloth. We're cut out of the same rock. The same rock as Abraham. That's where we come from. Now, there's been enough talk about faith and faith people and word people for a few decades now. Till there's some modern ideas of what that means. And I think you, I know it'll do us good to go back to the original. And the more we understand the original and real faith and real walking with God by faith, we'll see some things that people have come up with in recent times that's not the real thing. Modern ideas that are not the real thing. You and I are looking to the rock we were cut out of. We're looking at that same precious vein of faith that was in our father Abraham and now is in you and in me. Oh, somebody say praise God. Praise be to God. Go to Genesis. Genesis, the 12th chapter, where we've already studied, looking at the beginning of Abraham's faith journey. And Romans said, talked about us walking in the same steps of our father in the faith Abraham. And this reveals that it is progressive. You take a step by faith and then your faith develops and then you take another step by faith and your faith develops. And over a period of time and years and decades and a lifetime, we're supposed to wind up at a place of faith that the Lord would tell us things and we'd be able to believe them that we would not have been able to believe and step out on at the beginning of our faith walk. But having led us and us having taken these steps and progressed and developed, he gets us to the place. I know when I was uh, uh, 17 and uh, I had plans of doing something that had nothing to do with the ministry. And um, one night, the Lord, after coming home from church, we went to a small country church there. And uh, the Lord dealt with me in the nighttime about pastoring a church. It scared me silly. It scared me. I, I thought, for, for all I know, you know, he's talking about starting next week, pastoring this church. You know, I, I didn't know what he's talking about. He just brought up to me pastoring a church for him. Well, I'd never even thought about being in the ministry. So you can understand, I was quite alarmed. I got no sleep that night. I didn't. I tossed and I turned and I thought, Lord, me? Me? 
And I tried to see myself pastoring that church. And some of the difficulties that other people had had. And I, I just, I couldn't see it. I couldn't see any way that that could happen and turn out with some good results. <laughs> and uh, finally, I remember the sun was coming up. I've stayed awake all night now, tossing and turning about this. Because now you got to remember, this is a few years ago. I've learned a thing or two since then. <laughs> but the Lord spoke to me. I don't mean I heard a voice, but he spoke to me. He said, Keith, Relax. By the time you get to it, I'll have you ready. By the time you get to it, I'll have you ready. And by the time it was time for me to pastor, 25, 30 years had passed. I had no idea. I thought maybe he's talking about starting tomorrow, you know. And I was comparing myself where my faith was right then and where my knowledge of him was with the task and it just seemed impossible and overwhelming and I guess from one angle I wasn't ready and I wouldn't have been able but he said son by the time you get to it I'll have you ready what does he mean by that if you'll take steps of faith I'm leading you in just take the next step and just take the next step and just take the next step. By the time that, that, you know, 25, 30 years gets there and it comes time to do that, it won't look like this to you then. Don't just look at the biggest thing there is and compare yourself to it right now today. Just be ready to take the next step. And if we'll take step after step, how many believe God is good and God is faithful? He will have you ready. So that by the time you get there, your faith will have developed and it won't look impossible. It won't look so unreachable and so giant. You you know, maybe 30 years ago, it did look unreachable. But by the time I got there, I'm thinking, yes, God can do this. Yes, he can. And the amount, I remember the first little bit of money we went to believe for $50 and then a few hundred dollars just looked big look you and then a thousand dollars it just looked gigantic but then it takes large sums of money for churches and for ministries and for outreaches it takes millions and then uh, scores of millions and beyond and if you never believe for anything never taken any steps of faith and you compare where your faith is now you're going to believe for 10 million right off the bat well no that's why it looks impossible that's why it looks unreachable but if that's where you're headed and that's what God wants you to use you to do it just start off believing for your 50 right now come on believe for your 150 believe for your 500 believe for your 1000 and by the time he gets you there when they tell you it's going to take X amount to do this you'll go well okay alright God's done the other he's got us this far he, it won't look impossible to you because your faith has grown. Hallelujah. Your faith is growing exceedingly and your love is abounding because of the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Somebody said out loud, my faith is growing exceedingly. My love is abounding. By the power of God. Hallelujah. 
And by the time you get there, it won't look impossible. You'll be able to believe. Can you say, so be it, so be it, so be it, amen. Now what we see in the 12th chapter, and we'll see this repeatedly in Abraham's life, Genesis 12, 1, in the very beginning of his faith journey, the Lord had said to Abram, get you out of your country, from your kindred, from your father's house, into a land that I will show you. And verse 4, what happened? What happened? So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Now this is one of the big reasons he's in the book. The Lord told Abram, get out of your country, away from your kin, go to a place I'm going to show you. Then what happens? Then what happens? So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. You will find this theme, you see almost the same wording with Moses. It said the Lord would tell him to do something, and it said just as the Lord told him to do, so did Moses. And I want you to notice this. Read this account of Abraham again. It's chapters 12 through about 25 or so. And notice how quickly Abraham did everything God told him to do. I mean, usually it was the same day or the next day that he would do what God told him to do and he would do exactly what God told him to do. We must not go past this too quickly. This is faith and faithfulness. Faith means Abraham trusted God. Abraham being faithful means God could trust him to do what he told him to do. And that's one of the things he said. He said, I have found Abraham's heart faithful before me. And he said, I know him that he will instruct his children after him. In other words, he will hold to what I tell him. He will communicate it to them. They won't get it mixed up. They won't lose half of it. He is faithful. Now, the reason Abraham is held up is because he would do anything God told him to do. And he would do it just the way he told him to do it. And he would do it immediately. And if you think, okay, Aren't we pretty much all that way? No. Most human beings on the planet are nothing at all like this. Most people will not do what God tells them to do. This is reality. People like to live in a facade. People like to live, well, yeah, we all pretty much obey God all of, no no we don't all pretty much obey God it's just not true the reason Abraham is held up as an example and Moses is similar in this regard is that they would do anything God told them to do 
And they would do it exactly like he told them to do it. And they would do it immediately. Say it out loud. Anything. He tells you to do. Exactly. As he told you to do it. Immediately. Now you're talking faith. Real faith. And faithfulness. We've got to get rid of the idea that some way or another we're all instantly obedient to what God tells us to do. People like to come in church and, and dress up and look nice and sit down together and, and act like, you know, you're faithful and I'm faithful. and Everything God tells us to do, we all do it. And isn't it wonderful? And that just simply is not reality. The reality is that the moment God tells you to do something, you're going to be faced with things that will endeavor to hinder you from doing it. The enemy comes immediately to steal the word. And the only way you will be like Abraham is if you, with faith like Abraham, are an overcomer. You have to overcome things to do what God told you to do. And to do it the way he told you to do it and not change it. And to do it immediately without delay. Do you have a heart? Do you have a desire? To have faith like Abraham. And to be faithful like Abraham. Which means you're one of God's go-to guys. If he wants it done. And he wants it done right. And he wants it done right now. You are one of the ones he can tap on the shoulder. You're one of the ones that he can tap on the shoulder. And he knows. You won't fuss. You won't cry. You won't whine. You won't make excuses. You won't delay. You won't procrastinate. You will do. What he told you to do. Exactly the way he told you to do it. Immediately. Somebody say immediately. Now. uh I want you to listen to things like this. Genesis 17. Genesis 17. God spoke to Abram. And he introduced something to him that I don't know that anybody around him had ever heard of before. Circumcision. And this sounds common to us, but you got to put yourself in his place. Nobody's doing this. Who's ever heard of such a thing? And when God got through talking to him in verse 22, verse 23, he told him that everybody, all the males in his family, including everybody that worked for him, everybody that had anything to do with him, is supposed to be circumcised. And that's a sign of his covenant with him in their flesh. So Abraham took Ishmael, his son, and all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the self-same day. Right then. Now, as God had said to him, and Abram was 90 years old and nine. When he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, Ishmael, his son, 13 years old. Verse 26, it says it again. What? In the same day. 
And all the men of his house, born in his house, with the money, everybody. Why am I saying things like this? Because you don't see this commonly. You don't see this kind of obedience. What do you see? People want to talk about it. I felt like I got something from God. What is it, Abraham? Well, I know it may sound strange. But what do y'all think? What do you think they're going to think? I want you to notice what you don't see. You don't see Abram unclear about what to do. And you don't see Abram struggling with whether he's going to do it or not. You don't see him struggling for months or for years. Should we leave? Should we stay? Should I leave? Should I stay? You know, the kids are in school. Should we wait till they finish? You know, the folks need this and we got that. And we, we don't know for sure even where we're going and what's the, what's the schools like over there and what's the government like over there. Is it even safe to travel those roads now? Do I go or do I stay? Do I go or do I stay? How long did he pray about it? How long did he think about it? How long did he debate about it? How many people did he counsel with and ask about it? Hmm? How many votes did they take? And you see situation after situation after situation in his life. It was just like this. The Lord told him and he did it. Right then. And this is what real faith is. Why then are so many people struggle so in hearing from God and getting settled about what to do? Why is there so much vacillation and wavering and wondering and uncertainty? I'll tell you this, it's not God. It's got nothing to do with God and it's got nothing to do with waiting on God. In uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, you don't have to turn there, we'll just read it to you. He said, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Does that sound definitive? Does that sound decisive to you? Does it? We heard it. We believe it. We're on it. We do it. I believe, therefore I've spoken. We've got that same spirit. Now, 2 Timothy 1.7 talks about this spirit. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, or as some translations say, timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Coupled with this timidity, you'll see a connection with wavering. Why are so many so unsettled? It comes back to fear. It comes back to fear and not listening in times past. 
Why was Abraham so clear? Because every time he heard, he did. Every time he heard, he did. And when you do that, you stay clear. And you stay sharp. But the very moment that the Lord tells you to do something and you don't do it, you begin to get dull and you confuse yourself. And if you don't want it to be God and you don't want to do it and your flesh doesn't want to do it, then you can kid yourself. And if you just, if you'll just delay, just hesitate, just procrastinate, then it gives the enemy the opportunity to come and start confusing you. Because he sees your hesitancy. And this is his opportunity. You're giving place to it. You don't want this to be true. Well, if you don't receive the truth, what else is there to believe? There's nothing else but lies. But the devil will furnish you with an endless supply of them. Won't he? And if you don't want this to be God, and you don't want this to be what you're supposed to do and what you need to do, then all you got to do is go, are there any alternatives? to what God told me and the enemy will say oh yeah oh yeah 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 in fact this and in this and you got to consider this and you got to consider that and you got to keep this in mind I want you to hear something real strong wavering has nothing to do with wisdom wavering isn't wisdom why would I say that people call Considering all the alternatives and all the options, they call it wisdom. With the result that do I or don't I? Do I or don't I? I got five positives on this side and I got six positives on that side. Do I or don't I? Do I? And people think that's wisdom. That's got nothing to do with wisdom. It's wavering. I said it's wavering. And that's not how you walk in faith like Abraham. This, the scripture says, the complete English, 2 Timothy 1, 7, God's spirit doesn't make cowards of us. God's spirit doesn't make cowards of us. The spirit gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Does power and love and a sound mind sound like decisive? I believe it, so I'm doing it. He said it, here I go. He said it, here I go. Go with me, please, to Romans again, the fourth chapter. I believe we can get free. I said we can get free. We can get free from being confused pansies. We can get free from being beclouded weaklings, cowards. All people use all kinds of excuses. But the bottom line is they didn't do what God told them to do. And days go by and months go by and years go by and people are unhappy. And then I just feel like there's more. Well, of course there's more. If you'd have done what he told you to do, you'd be in some of it right now. And so people are so dissatisfied. But the, pro- the reason why 
all of this darkness and confusion has come in is because he told them to do something and they did not do it. They decided to put it off, think about it, pray about it, talk to their friends about it. And days turned into months and months turned into years. And if you go long enough, you can actually deceive yourself into believing you don't know what the answer is. That you didn't hear from God. But you know, he doesn't change. If he told us to do something, he's not going to change. He's not going to change. I want to be like Abraham. In fact, I'm confessing I am. I'm cut from the same rock. Is that right? I got the same true, genuine, unfeigned faith in my heart that my father Abraham has. And so I walk like he walked. What does that mean? When God speaks, I do it. Now, the way he said do it. How about you? Come on, how about you? How about you? Say it out loud. When God speaks, I do it. Now. Boy, you do that, and you won't give the devil any opportunity. Things will already be happening in your life, and the devil will wonder, what happened? What happened? I didn't even have a chance to lie to him. I didn't even have a chance to try to mess this up. What happened? What happened? That's because he told you, boom, you did it, and God showed up. It's too late for the devil to mess it up. But when I'm going to think about that... I'm going to pray about that. Look at the pros and cons. You're giving the enemy all kind of time and opportunity to mess with your head. Romans 4. Why are so many so unsettled? Why are so many so confused and looking for the answers and looking for where they're supposed to be and And all of these things, it's not complicated. Whether it's you, whether it's me, it's the same. In Romans 4, we see how our father Abraham stayed clear. In Romans 4, we saw it talking about him being the father of faith. But down in verse 18, a passage that's really familiar to a lot of us, but I want you to let something hit your heart stronger than it has before. It said that Abraham, verse 17, as it's written, I've made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead and call those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, I want you to get this next part. He what? He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. That's the same word for wavering. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform. And it was imputed to him for righteousness. goes on to talk about it's not just for him, but for us too. Why did Abraham... Stay clear because he refused to consider anything other than what God said. The reason for the murkiness, the reason for the the wavering and being unsettled 
is considering things you shouldn't be considering. It's no more complicated than that. Considering things you shouldn't be considering. How many remember Jesus talking about if your eye is single, your whole being is full of light. You can't be double-minded. You got to be single eye, single vision, single-minded. Now, a lot of folks would agree with that, but the thing is, see, we, we live in a, in a generation, in a society that prides itself on its intelligence that includes considering all the alternatives and options. We are the Google search generation. And we can find three million different things to consider with the stroke of a keyboard. And that has not helped us out spiritually. Because when it comes to walking by faith, there's only one thing to consider. If you consider anything else, you're opening the door to confusion. Don't let this be too simple, saints. Have you ever been confused? Have you ever been frustrated? Do I or don't I? Don't I or do I? Do I go or do I stay? Do we start here? Do we work here? Do we not work there? Do I, what do we do? You and I are never supposed to be confused. Never. Never. Why? Because all we're supposed to do is what he tells us. And if there's only one thing on the menu, it's not hard to make a decision. It's not hard. You go in a place and you say, what, what, what can we have? Beans and cornbread. Or what else? That's it. Let me see. I just don't know what I'm going to have today. It's not hard. No worry about it. No anxiety about it. No frustration about it. Why? Because there's only one choice here for me. There's only one choice. When the Lord told Abraham to leave his country, to leave his kinfolks, to leave his people and go to a land he would show him. If you think right and you have faith and your heart is right towards God. There's no point talking about school systems or crime rates or staff. That's got nothing to do with anything. Is that how most Christians think? No. We talk to people all the time, right? Have you seen this, saints? I have seen it too many times. It needs to stop. You're in a good meeting, a good prayer time. The Spirit of God's moving, God's talking, and people hear from God. Some of our own people come up and say, glory to God, I heard the Lord told us to do this. And they're not saying, maybe if with the, the Lord told us. The Lord told us. And everybody around them go, yeah, yeah, that's God. And everybody, we're in the Spirit, in the move, in this. And then two weeks later, not as much shouting. And then a month later, well, I got to checking on, you know, the job situation over there. 
and my wife's got this with her mother, and and we got this and that. And you talk to them two years later, haven't made one step on what God took. This is happening all over the body of Christ, and it's why there's so many people frustrated and confused, and then they're bewildered. What's God? Is this God? I don't know if it's God. Should I do it? Should I not do it? It's because of not listening and not acting and not doing. It's because of considering things we shouldn't be considering. They shouldn't even be on the list. They shouldn't be in our consideration concerning our decision. Now, anybody that's walked by faith very far has learned some of this. Because... You try to figure it out. You try to consider everything and take everything into consideration. It'll just bog you up. Phyllis and I are learning. You know, we made the step to go to Oklahoma. We made the step to go to Branson. We made the step to come here now. And we've made steps to do different things in ministry. And every one of them, if you try to look at all the variables and all the factors, it'll just bog you up. And it'll rob you of your peace and rob you of your joy. And for what? All you're doing is being unbelieving. All you're doing is being fearful. And if you're going to be like Abraham, you have to take your faith and overcome that fear. And just squash it and run over it. What do you do with fear? Come on, help me out. What do you do with fear? You run over it. You run over it with a heart full of strong faith. Will thoughts come to you? Oh, yes, they will. At every step of faith that you're supposed to take, fears and feelings will come. I mean, not, not just a few people, everybody. And every junk, every major step, the enemy's not just going to sit by and wave as you sail down the perfect will of God. He's going to try to head you off. He's going to try to stop you if he can. And he doesn't have the power now after the resurrection to just stop you with spiritual power. He doesn't have it. He can't do that. What he can do is bring you fears. Fears. And feelings. Somebody say fears and feelings. Fears and feelings. Fears and feelings. The Bible said in 1 John 5. 1 John 5 and 4. Whatever's born of God. Are you born of God? Are you born of God? Whatever's born of God. Overcomes the world. And how do you do it? How do you do it? Born of God. Overcomer. This is the victory. That overcomes the world. And I might say this too. And all the fear in it. This is what overcomes the world. And all the fear in it. Even. My. Faith. It's possible, child of God, for you. Not talking about Brother Hagin, not talking about old Roberts. I'm talking about you. You cut out of the same rock as Abraham. 
you got a measure of the same kind of faith that he walked in and pleased God with. You just have to use it. Instead of not using it, you got to use it. And you've got to use it when these fears come up and these feelings come up. Instead of yielding to the fears, you have to overcome the fear with your faith. You've got to come right over the top of it. Do I have any overcomers in here? What does an overcomer do? An overcomer comes over something. If there wasn't something to overcome, then you couldn't come over it. Does that sound a lot like running over something? What do you got to do with fears that come and try to grip you and harass you and disturb you? What do you do? You have to power over them. I mean run right over them. Run them over. Run them over with your faith. Nothing else will do it. The unsaved world is powerless before fear. Fear grips them, terrorizes them. They can put on a strong face, but inside they're terrified. There's nothing that can overcome it except what you and I are talking about right now. Real faith in God can overcome any fear. I said can overcome any fear. And every fear. And if you can overcome your fears, you'll take that step of faith. You'll do what God told you to do. And you'll do it immediately. Why don't people do what God told them to do? Fear. They stop. They allow fear to stop them. Yeah, but what if? And what about? And how will we? And where will it come from? All things you should not even be considering. Now the same word translated waver. You'll see happened with Peter walking on the water. Same word. When he said, Lord, if that's you, bid me come. And the Lord said, come, come on. And he steps out of the boat. And puts his foot down. And where he should sink. He rests on the word of God. Hallelujah. And he's walking on the water. A miracle is happening. Did he have to take a step? Come on saints. Did he have to take a step? Had to take a step. He couldn't stay in the boat. He had to take a step. What did it take to take the step? It takes faith. That he got from hearing the word. Come. Jesus word come. Was an enablement. It was an empowerment. It brought faith to Peter. Peter didn't have faith because he asked. He had faith because Jesus answered. But he's walking by faith in power in the miraculous until what? Until what? Until what? Until fear. The enemy goes, hey, 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 hey. Have you seen these waves? Have you seen this wind? Look at this. Did he have to consider it? But he did. And you and I know why. We've all done it. Whether it was for a little while or a long while. But all you got to do. You don't have to have a word of knowledge. You don't have to have special discernment. 
The spirit of fear is also the spirit of bondage. Romans says. And then 1 John 4 says, fear has torment. Everybody say bondage and torment. Bondage and torment. That's the fruit of the root. Bondage and torment is the fruit of the root fear. So if you're feeling some torment, what do you know? You're yielding to some fear. Why are you yielding to some fear? You're considering some things you shouldn't be thinking about. You're looking at some things you shouldn't even be looking at or listening to or talking to or talking about. Do we have the power, saints, to consider not? What did Abraham do? He's 99 years old. Has he got any symptoms? Has he got any symptoms of being old? Sarah's 90. She couldn't conceive when she was 20. Now she's gone through the change of life. Do they have any symptoms? Every morning when they get up, they got symptoms talking to them. Don't they? What if him and her had popped in the local clinic? Just here for a checkup. Going to soon have a new child. Did he have things talking to him? It's too easy to read these accounts and act like that Abraham never had to deal with anything. But that's just not reality. He had to overcome the same kind of things you and I have to overcome. He had the same feelings, the same thoughts, same suggestions, the same fears came to him, the same feelings came to him. The difference is he refused to dwell on them. He refused to even consider them. He took his faith and he revved up the engine and he went, whoop, whoop, whoop. What's he about to do? What's he about to do? He's about to run this fear right over in the middle of the road. He's about to make a greasy spot out of this fear. That's what you're about to do. That's what you're about to do. Come on, let me hear you rev your engine up. Whoom, whoom. You going to run this fear right over? I, I can see the fear. Can you? I, I can see the fear in the headlights of your faith. I can see the fears going, ah, oh no. Next thing you know, splat. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our Faith, it'll come right over anything and everything that is in this world. When something is uh, binding you, something's restricting you, something's tormenting you, you know you're giving place to some fear. There is much more fear in our environment we live in than we've been aware of. We're born here and we've never been in a completely fear-free environment. We're going to find out what that's like soon. 
And how many believe it is absolutely wonderful? It's got to be one of the most wonderful things you've ever experienced. But think about this. If, uh, if we begin to talk about the peace of God, we begin to talk about the presence of God. And he manifests. You begin to relax. You begin to go, whew, glory to God. Now, what you begin to do is release tension that you were carrying and up until just a couple of moments ago didn't even realize you were carrying. What is that tension? Have you seen people, least little old thing happen around them, they go, oh, oh, what is that? That's fear. That's fear. Sometimes people can hide it. But yet it's right there under the surface. And they've been yielding to it. How, how do you yield to fear? Come on, this is, let's not make this any more difficult than it has to be. Considering things you shouldn't be considering. And you can tell, you can watch their face. They were doing pretty good. They were happy. They get a phone call and their countenance changes. And they get a serious look on their face. Everybody say it again. Wavering has nothing to do with wisdom. See, people think it shows wisdom because I'm considering this and I'm thinking about that and we're thinking about this and we're thinking about God. Take all these things into consideration. You know, you're going to use wisdom. And the enemy's just laughing. I said, he's just laughing because you're not even resisting him feeding you stuff you shouldn't even be considering. You shouldn't even be looking at it. You shouldn't even be. I mean, when one word of it comes up, you should say no. Why? I've heard from him. That's it. Yeah, but what about? No, what about? What if? He knows what if. You have to be simple, single. Focused, disciplined, if you want to be like your father Abraham. Come on, tell me, what would Abraham do? What would Abraham do? (laughs) He'd run it over with it. He would run it right over. What would Abraham do? God just told him, everybody in your house, every man's circumcised. If somebody comes to him and tries to talk to him about that this is a medical procedure. Uh, and, and what about people of different faiths and different backgrounds? And maybe not everybody. Huh? Would he have listened to you for 10 minutes? He wouldn't have heard you finish your conversation. Because it doesn't matter. See, people try to think, you got to be open. and you got to be nice. And, you know, and, and entertain, let everybody have their say. No, you don't. You need to hear from God. And then you need to do exactly what he told you to do. Immediately. And if you do, he will show up. I said he will show up. And old friend, listen, sister, brother, if we will start doing this, all of this fog and all of this confusion what if, maybe, how do I know? It will just vanish like fog when the sunshine comes out. Come on, are you li- it'll just leave. 
And then when God speaks to you, it'll be so clear and it'll be so strong. And what do you know you have to do? What? Come on, tell me. What do you, what do you know you got to do? I've got to do what he told me and I got to do it now. Why? Because if I don't, I'll mess this up. I'll quit being clear. Hallelujah. Now, we've been t- I've mentioned a couple of things, fear and feelings. And really we're talking about fear and love. But I'm talking about what you love. Look in Genesis. Genesis 16. In Genesis 16 is where Sarah came to uh, Abram and said, look, you know, I I can't have kids. Of course, it's been years now. It may be that I can have kids through Hagar. Did you hear that term? It may be. Does God work like that? Could be. It might. Maybe this is the way. That's not how he works. That's not how Abraham's been operating. But he listens. And Hagar gets pregnant. And then she despises Sarah. Because she realized. You know, and everybody realizes. Well it wasn't Abraham. It was Holding up the process here. And so there's a disrespect towards Sarah. And uh, later on when Sarah does conceive and have Isaac in chapter 21. Genesis 21.10. She said to Abram. Cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son even with Isaac. And verse 11, the thing was what? Very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. Does Abraham have feelings? Is he dealing with them right now? Now at this point, it's just Sarah telling him this. But the very next verse, God said to Abraham, let it not be grievous in your sight because of the lad and because of your bondwoman and all that Sarah has said to you, hearken to her voice, for in Isaac shall your seed be called, and also of the son of the bondwoman will I make of a nation because he is your seed. Let's just stop right here. Has he heard from God now on this? What did the Lord tell him to do? Send who away? Your son. The only blood son you've ever had until now, Isaac just arrived. And this boy is, is what, these teenager now. And Abraham's life is entwined with this boy's life. He loves this boy. And you're going to do what? Send him away. To where? What's going to happen to him? Two people like this alone in that part of the country in those days, desert region, likely they'd perish without protection and and food and water. And yet, what has Abraham done every time? I said every time. What has Abraham done? Whatever the Lord told him to do, he did it. He did exactly what he told him and he did it immediately. And I want you to look back now. Every step 
that he's taken has prepared him for the next step. Because each one of these things increases in some measure. He's learned how God can protect him. He's learned how God can prosper him. I mean, he he took his trained servants and his neighbors and went after four armies. And he saw what God would do, and he got that victory under his belt. And every time you take a step of faith, it gives you hope. It gives you expectation. But it's not just your fears you have to overcome. You also have to overcome your own feelings. It's not just fears. The only reason why people don't obey Many times, people have not obeyed because they want something else. They want, some, they want it to be another way. And you, you have to overcome fears, but you also have to overcome your own feelings. You have to overcome at times what you love to do what he told you to do. And, and it doesn't get much more pointed and powerful than with your kids. Many today have not done what God told them to do with their kids. They refuse to. There have been cases where he told parents, quit bailing them out. Quit giving them money. Quit doing this. Quit doing the other. Quit allowing them to do that. And if 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they would have immediately done what he said, it would have changed some things. Even now, it's not too late. But why don't people do it? Both of these feelings, right? Fears. Well, I'll lose them. How do you know you're not going to lose them the way you're going? And feelings. Well, they'll hate me. They won't like me. They won't, they want this. They want the other. Well, you got to make up your mind who you love more. Do we know who Abraham loved the most? Do we? Do we have any doubt about it? It's not theory. He did it. And he did it again and again and again. Anything the Lord told him to do, he would do it. Wouldn't he? No matter what kind of fears he had to overcome. No, no matter his own feelings that he had to overcome. He would do it. So when God tells him, no, Sarah's right. Send them away. I mean, when she said it, he wasn't even open to it. It grieved him so, so much. And then here comes God. And God says, Nope. Do it. I want you to read the next verse. Read verse 14. What does it say? And Abraham did what? Took a sabbatical. He took a sabbatical to pray about this. Abraham got up early in the morning. Somebody say early in the morning. What's he doing? What's he doing? Did he have to overcome something to do this? Yeah. He's having to overcome fears about what's going to happen to them. Yeah. 
He's having to overcome. Then did you notice what the Lord told him? He said, I will make of him a great nation. That should get rid of your fears. Shouldn't it? If you believe God, he should get rid of your fears. But he also has to overcome his own feelings. Doesn't he? This is his flesh and blood. This is his boy. Right? But if God told you to do it, is there anything else to consider now? I said, is there anything else? Anything else to think about or talk about? If you trust God, there is nothing to talk about. There is nothing to think about. There is nothing to consider. Just do it. So early, in, somebody say early in the morning. Early in the morning. He gets up, he gets bread, he gets water, he gave it to Hagar, he put it on her shoulder and the child, and he did what? Sent him away. And they departed, went into the wilderness of Beersheba. And you know the story, they about died. They about died. And yet God spared them, sustained them. And exactly what he told Abraham would happen, happened. He became a man. He had a family. He became a prince. Is it easy to walk this walk of faith? Is it hard on the flesh? It is. There's fears without and feelings within. And they bombard you. They come against you. But what do you do? Run run them over. What else are we running over now? We're running over your own feelings. Look with me in Revelation, please. Go to the book of Revelation. Did you know that Revelation is written to overcomers? I'm going to give us a review. Revelation 2.7. I'm going to read you several of these. Revelation 2.7. To him that overcomes will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Is there a paradise of God? Is it real? Is there a tree of life in the midst? Is somebody going to eat of this tree? Who's going to eat? Overcomers. 2.11. He that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. The second death is going to consume. Death, hell, and the grave, eternal death, it's not going to touch overcomers. Verse 17, to him that overcomes will I give to eat of the hidden manna. You reckon that's good? And will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written which no man knows saving he that receives it. You an overcomer? Then God's going to give you a secret name. Known between you and him. When you hear that name you're going to know that's the Lord. That's my secret name. He that overcomes, verse 26, and keeps my works to the end, to him I will give power over the nations, and he'll rule them with the rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter, they'll be broken even as I received of my father, and I will give him the morning star. Who gets it? Who gets it? Who gets it? Not people that are overcome. 
(laughs) with fear. Not people who are overwhelmed with their own emotions and feelings. Christianity is not for whiny babies. I believe it was Dr. John Lake said it, Christianity is the strong man's religion. <laughs> it is. Because Jesus is the overcomer, King of kings and Lord of lords. And he expects you and I to take what he's given us and come over everything that gets between us and him. Amen. To come right over it. Say that loud. I'm an overcomer. I, I am an overcomer. Three, five. He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I'll not blot his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Overcomers get publicly acknowledged at the throne. Calling your name. 312. He that overcomes, I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God. He'll go no more out. I'll write upon him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. I'll write upon him my new name. 321. To him that overcomes, will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. Sit out loud. I won't let fear stop me. I won't let feelings stop me. I will by faith overcome them all. In 21, Revelation 21 and 7. He that overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God and he will be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving, and the list goes on, they'll have their part in the lake that burns with fire. Fearful and unbelieving are in bad, bad company. That's not our company. I said that's not our company. Fearful and unbelieving is not our company. We're believers. We're of the faith of Abraham. Cut from the same stone. We are overcomers. Somebody say overcomers. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Oh, hallelujah. 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 And right there in Revelation, in the 12th chapter, in the 12th chapter, and you'll see the same thing we've been talking about all evening. Revelation 12, 11, talking about the saints, talking about us. And they did what? They did what? They overcame him. The accuser of the brethren, Apollyon, Abaddon, the deceiver, the destroyer, and all the fear and lies and junk that he brings, anything and everything that's in this world, they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Now get this last part. And what? And what? And what? They love not their own lives, even unto the death. That's what Jesus said. If any man come, if he loves his father, his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers, sisters, his own life more 
He can't be my disciple. How many understand? Part of what we have to overcome is the love of our own life. The love of our own people. Our own feelings. Because that can prevent you from obeying God. Just like fears can prevent you from obeying God. But then you'd be kept out. And you'd be held back. And then confusion comes in. And every time we don't obey. And every time we procrastinate and put it off. It gets darker and more convoluted. And more confusing. And then people wonder, is that God? I don't know. Was that God? See, it's real, real simple. If immediately we obey God from the time we're born again, we'd stay crystal clear a whole life long. But the moment the Lord tells you to do something and you don't want to do it, and you say, well, I wonder if that's God. The enemy comes immediately and goes, no, we don't know what that is. We don't know what that is. We don't know if that's God. And see what has happened? You have confused yourself. So now you're content. I don't have to do it because we're not sure if it was God or not. But then the next time he speaks to you, what are you going to say? Because the one speaking to you right now is the one you said two weeks ago wasn't God. And so we've confused ourselves. Can you see this? There's only one solution. I said there's one solution. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha? What was Martha doing? She's busy. Troubled about many. Many things. Many things. Pot roast. Cornbread. Cakes and pies. Silverware. Is that right? Where's the napkins? On and on and on. And Mary's sitting in there at the feet of Jesus. Oh, that's good, Jesus. Amen. I think that's the best message I've ever heard in my life. And Martha keeps on coming in there going, pss, pss, pss. And finally, she can't stand it anymore. Why? Does she have peace? Is she full of joy? Why? Too many things. Finally, she blurts in there and interrupts. Jesus, Jesus, would you tell my lazy sister to get up and get in here and help me? Just sure that he feels exactly the same way she does about But she was wrong. I said she was wrong because Jesus goes, Martha, Martha. Anytime the Lord calls your name twice like that, just go ahead and kneel on down and and start repenting. Right? Martha, Martha, you are full of care and you are troubled about many things. One thing, did he say it, saints? One thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that good thing that's not going to be taken away from her. Every day in life, friend, there's one thing. God's telling us to do. There's one thing God's telling us to act on. There's one thing. And once we know that one thing, there is nothing else to talk about. There is nothing else to consider. It's, and, and, and I don't care what kind of fears or what kind of your own feelings would jump up in your face and try to talk you out of it. Come on, tell me what you're going to do. Whom, whom, rev up your faith. Come on, rev up your faith and run right over the fears. Run right over your own feelings. And 
and do what he told you and do it now. Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Lift up your hands, everybody. Lift up your praises. Lift up your thanks. Lift up glory to God. Come on, lift up your voices, everybody. Tell the Lord you love him. Tell him you trust him. Tell him you want to obey him. You want to obey him fully, quickly, completely. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, Father, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.